Hello everyone, thanks for joining in. I am Shubha Kankaria and welcome to episode 10 of Dastai Rahi. It is a travel talk where we get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. So our today's guest is an engineer by profession but a traveler by heart. She is an avid wildlife and history enthusiast. She's a solo traveler who swings between backpacking and luxury travel. She shares her experiences and stories on her blog called Masala Box Travel. Today we are going to walk down her memory lane and hear stories from her 40-day trip to Thailand, exciting experiences in jungles of India and also from very interesting historical places. So guys, without any further delay, let's get on board Chitra from Masala Box. Hi, Hi Shubha. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So good to see you. Welcome to Dastai Rahi. I'm so glad to have you for the talk. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. All the series I've been listening to, the uh, conversations have been pretty interesting and great stories you're bringing week on week. Great. Um, so to start with, tell us how traveling started for you. Uh, I think more than a decade back, it was my colleagues who went on a trip and uh, I thought, let me also join them to see what they were doing uh, on. I had very little knowledge on what travel is or how to plan an itinerary and so forth. So I just joined this bunch of colleagues who were going on a trip. And it was very impromptu, random trip. We went to Rajasthan. From there, we went to Delhi, Rishikesh. We were rafting in Rishikesh. Then we started trekking off to Gangotri. So there was all kind of things going on on the trip. And um, somewhere there is when um, I got this park, you know, especially the heritage as well as the food was so different when I was exposed to all these places. Being very familiar with South India, I'm from Bangalore and I was born in Chennai. So everything was familiar with South India. But this was my first exposure to um, something outside my region and that started a curiosity to explore more places. And from then on, um, I started joining with friends. Then I started joining group travels. People already have a set arranged itinerary and you can join with strangers and go. And slowly, slowly it has evolved into solo travel. Um, it kind of gives you much more freedom to plan your um, itinerary and do things that only you like to do, right? So now it's mostly been solo travel or with my friends and occasionally I do join with groups. Okay. So what do you enjoy more, solo travel or group travel? <laughs> Both have its own perks. Um, usually, uh, very impromptu trips when I'm like, just two days before I think I need a break, let me just head off somewhere. It's solo travel. Um, whatever is available at that time, I just book and uh, leave. Uh, sometimes I prefer solo travel, especially when I'm planning all the places that I need. But um, when I'm already very tight with work and I want somebody else to take care of my itinerary and if I see a lot of offbeat places included, um, the crowd is a little small. I do join groups as well. Um, but solo travel to yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So Chitra, I was going through your blog and I read that you did a 40-day trip to Thailand. And considering 40 day is a very long time for a place. Yeah. So tell us what places you visited in Thailand and how was the whole experience like? Oh, it was a great experience. So 
this was a time i had uh, quit my job and i thought um, i need a long uh, trip to do uh, so uh, i am an it professional and in between i had quit my job to experience so slow travel and uh, not have the pressure of returning back to work and travel as such and that's when i had quit my job i was planning a southeast asia trip and doing thailand vietnam cambodia is a common southeast asia tour right so i eventually planned uh, i actually planned to do all these three countries but when i was planning out itinerary for thailand when i was jotting out there was so much to do in thailand that i decided to do only thailand and my whole idea was slow traveling right so i decided to do only thailand and that itself came to a whole 40 days um it i actually booked a, a one way and a fake a return ticket and i got the visas and all done before landing because over 15 days needs a visa um so i did a lot of places like the regular circuit like bangkok phuket and pattaya apart from that from there there is lot of national parks near bangkok like kawayai then down towards you have kao sop national park and lot of islands apart from your fifi and phuket itself like you have koh samui koh chang koh lanta and these are not so frequented islands i mean the thai population is there it's not like a very secluded island but it's very pristine compared to phuket phuket fifi kinds and i also did a east part of thailand which was full of history and heritage actually the uh, cambodia ruins extends towards the eastern thailand so you can see lot of khmer influence in places like lokaburi phanom rang and there's one more place just a little more east of uh, phanom rang and towards the north you have um, ayutthaya sukhothai all these are filled with uh, great ruins unfortunately most of it are in ruins but it's still beautiful beautiful to watch and chiang mai chiang rai you can also see Uh, visit uh, tribal communities in the north of um, Thailand, and you can head out from there. It's a great experience, and commuting is very simple in Thailand. Mm. You can um, the I mean any place you want to go, you just have to step inside the bus stand, okay? And people will take care of putting you into the right uh, minivan or bus, whatever is available. Mm. So. the whole country is around tourism right so they take care of all the details especially for solo travelers or even women if you're planning thailand it is very very um, easy to navigate around thailand you have all the tuk tuks in place um, these motorbike uh, taxis to take you around or the normal cabs you can hire or minivans between places or trains that you want to take or even flights flights are very cheap within thailand itself so there's plenty of option to explore in thailand yeah and um, like uh, you you stayed in hostels homestays hotels what was your accommodation um, yeah it was a mix of all the three to be honest a very very crowded cities i did take hostels because hostels were cheaper in uh, places like um, phuket or fifi and so forth uh, you can take a, your own room within the hostels or you can share bunker beds where you get to meet other travelers as well but a lot of places i took home stays in the eastern thailand because eastern thailand it's very difficult to find um, uh, hostels you can find decent host uh, decent hotels or you can find home stays in airbnb in fact there was uh, one home stay i stayed in lokapuri 
it was um, it was within a farm they had all this small pond and uh, uh, paddy growing and ducks running and all that the homestay the house we stayed in was in the middle of a lake i didn't expect it to look so beautiful and we were the first indians it was me and my friend traveling so we were the first indians in that homestay and they were so excited they've already been to india so they were so excited to host us they were sharing their indian stories and were asking about how our trip is and they took us around lokaburi it was a wonderful experience and many places hotels were also cheap um, you can find deals in booking.com or um, you know trip advisor as well so some of the resorts even i was able to book for 2k per night in some of those islands which is not much frequented so yeah. uh, depending upon the budget all sorts of options are available yeah i mean thailand is anyways considered a backpacking destination so yeah it is very friendly with backpackers yeah. okay so any interesting um, any interesting things that happened in thailand or any specific thing you want to talk about because i know there are a lot of treks lot of waterfalls and like you said national parks as well in that yeah. area so any any thing interesting you you had uh, encountered over there um see i i feel indians have to explore thailand a lot more you know between bangkok and phuket this national park that i told kawasok it is so pristine it is much more um, much more huge than taking this fang uh, from the phuket you take a ferry and explore this james bond island and all the stuff instead of that if you go to this kawasok national park it's much more secluded you have lot more easier hikes to do and you have all this um, uh, houses that's built on the river it's raft houses so you have this huge crossed mountains in front of you clear lakes and secluded houses built on top of that it's amazing to be there and similarly just just an hour from bangkok you have kawayai national park i had a wonderful um, sighting in kawayai national park it's actually famous for uh one of the monkey types which i don't remember which one but i couldn't cite that but there's one particular place in kawayai national park where you can see millions of bats emerging from a cave oh okay so uh, this i i asked my homestay um i was actually talking to my homestay owner about plans to do in the national park whether he can arrange treks and hikes and he said you have this evening let's go and watch this bats flying out of the cave and i was like what is there to watch bats flying in the sky we see it even here and he said hop on to my jeep we'll go so we just sat in the jeep we are going off roading for kilometers and he just parks it um on a open farmland the left side of us is a huge um mountain like thing with an opening and the right side is the huge farms that are open and exactly at 6 we we could hardly communicate he was speaking in thai and we were using google translate to mostly communicate with him and he said you wait till 6 and just watch and the bats start to emerge at 6 o'clock it doesn't stop at all it's 7 it's getting darker and i'm in complete awe it's like you can see musical waves in the sky you know it's that way they are the bats are emerging out so many bats like millions of bats like dancing in the sky it was an amazing experience i can uh, never forget in i i mean it was so unexpected to watch this spectacle there um, that was amazing so is it is it a particular phenomena or like 
or, or was there a particular reason for those bats to come out i mean it's every day every day they just go out for hunting in the evening so evening okay. they head out into the farms they clean it eat their insects and come up but it so happens in this area that if the farm is very conducive the cliff is very conducive that there are so many bats getting accumulated here so you can see all you, you, you there is also a hike path that you can go into the cave and see which i didn't dare to do to see so many <laughs> bats yeah. but to see so many bats emerging out and it didn't stop at all until it got dark was uh, gives me goosebumps even now yeah i can like i can imagine hearing that that would have no <laughs> what a sight i mean <laughs> true true unexpected true yeah so t- tell me how was your experience in terms of um, you know knowing their religion because i know there are a lot of buddhist and monks yeah. involved so uh, any ex- any experiences in that term um it was very different i mean um so there was couple of encounters that i had one is in chiang mai there is a monastery there's a big monastery where they actually have a space where buddhist monks will be sitting and you can go talk you will expect some spiritual talk to happen but it just happened like a normal banter with a normal person you know they were talking about what, what are you doing here why haven't you gone to bodhgaya but you have come to thailand to visit buddhist temple i have not yet been to bodhgaya so they were all be like buddhism started there and you've not explored that Hmm. and there's also this ritual uh, which is like giving alms to the monks it's a very famous uh, ritual and most of the cities you can see this by 6 they start from their uh, monasteries the male monks start from their monasteries they go around the city or they just go around couple of streets around their monastery and people offer on alms to them which is any food that they can uh, offer it's not like the monks ask you for it but they'll be walking around and you can just go with the food place it in front of them bow your head and they would open the vessel and you can uh, drop the food into them and get their blessings and they move on so um i was in i was in this was the old island old island of phuket uh, old phuket town so there i was i wanted to do this and um, uh, my hostel lady directed me to one of the street where you can which which has like five six monasteries so definitely the monks would be walking around and i saw a particular shop also open where people come buy food so you can even donate to them raw rice coffee powder anything you can donate mm-hmm. i was heavily pouring and in spite of it pouring it's their everyday duty so every day what they collect is what they eat and every day morning irrespective of rain or flood or whatever these monks start walking around it's just the male monks there are female monks as well would not be doing this but the male monks start walking around so when i reached this restaurant to get food i was really surprised they had pad chicken curry they had egg rice they had all this and i was i was so stoked i asked the hotel guy do monks have chicken how <laughs> do they have chicken um i mean we have this lot of concept on vegetarianism and chicken and spices inside uh, things into you so we avoid all this for spirituality and so forth so many theories we have so i was so surprised and this restaurant owner looked at me surprised as a why is it so odd for you it's also another food and monks do have it so that that was very surprising um, new opening for me over there to know that they do have um, all sorts of food and they accept all sorts of food 
and the way they get accepted into buddhism is a whole big topic um which let's not go in i will not shut my mouth <laughs> but it was really nice they were very friendly lot of people have visited bodh gaya right as a, a thing to pay respect so they all know how india is and they come forward and talk to you uh the moment you visit even the small monasteries to big monasteries they themselves come talk to you and a uh, couple of them even gave me these ritual threads to tie around my hand they were like it will do good to you you tie this and all that mm-hmm. so very friendly encounters with them yeah sounds like you had a very fun time in thailand <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of fun <laughs> yeah okay so like you said you stayed in hostels homestays and hotels as well so did you meet any interesting travelers especially when it is a backpacking sort of country so i'm sure encounters with different travelers is natural so did you get a yeah. chance to meet anyone like that any different kind of traveler or inspiring traveler for that matter um so mostly around islands there were lot of backpackers who want to uh, you know dive and uh, these boat trips and so there are a lot of boats that uh, go for weeks into the sea and uh, you can live on those boats instead of the hostel itself so those kind of travelers i was very new to this kind of traveling i'm not i have water phobia i, I can barely scuba i mean i've done scuba dive just once uh, but to stay in the boat and do multiple dives it sounded uh, so different to me a lot of travelers had come just to you know manta rays and others you can spot around so they were there um but there was this one particular lady i met which was um, it will be remembered as the best encounter for me throughout my travel so i was traveling towards east thailand and this was to phimai i guess from sukhothai to ayutthaya to uh few my i guess so it was a bus journey and next to me in my bus in the seat was an old lady she was sitting uh, old in a sense somewhere in mid 60s and um, and in that part of thailand it was very difficult to converse in english so i didn't go to talk to her mm-hmm. and she definitely looked like a, a look like of the town she was carrying something like a cloth bag of um, clothes you know a simple bag so i didn't go to strike a conversation with her but she looking at my backpack and all that she started asking me uh, she was like where are you coming from what are you doing here where are you going and she was giving tips to uh, the place that i was going to and then i got to know she herself was on a solo travel okay at that age she was she herself was solo traveling and she was telling me and she had a particular um, itinerary in mind you know she wanted to do land crossing wherever thailand opens so into india into vietnam there's one other border she told me in the north as well into laos i think so she she ha- she had all this as a plan in her 60s she was in her 60s and she was doing this by herself and in course of time she kept asking me the same thing again and again so i was wondering is she old she's not understanding what i'm saying or so forth and at some point she said she had early stages of alzheimers i was so surprised that somebody who's you know going through um, a medical condition who tends to forget things is setting out on herself and on a travel so what she does is uh she has like a small notebook okay a small notepad where she writes down everything from where to where she has to go 
and uh, mm-hmm. what is the next thing and how she travels is she gets down in the bus stop and whatever is the nearest place of stay she books it there so even if she gets lost she tells the person to take her to the bus stop from where she can figure out where she's staying i just everything written she has kids and her kids are like uh, i just let her go on this adventure so uh, she was showing me um, in the phone her uh, uh, kids and she's written it written down her kids and her phone their phone numbers as well so in case she doesn't um, figure out how to do it in the phone she can pick it up from the notebook so wow i was mind blown to think i don't know if i'll be traveling in my 60s first of all whether i'll be healthy to do this and second if i get alzheimer's i'm definitely going <laughs> to crawl into my bed and <laughs> forget all this i think it was immensely courageous of her to set out on her own travel um i'm sure she was not going to remember me but i took a picture with her which i really treasure it was amazing to listen to her story wow i mean you have to be really passionate to you know yeah. do something like this absolutely i am courageous you know um it's so easy to get lost i mean if you tend to forget and yet she was going on her own and she has a mission also to do all this land crossing it's not like i'll go sight see one place and get back she has this mission that she's like i am going to do i was like wow yeah she was <laughs> from thailand for all of us to learn she was from thailand so, itself yes she was from thailand itself okay she was a thai lady yeah that's a very very interesting and an inspiring traveler i would say yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, I also got to know through your blog that you are a wildlife enthusiast. You love jungles, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So any, any interesting stories from the jungles you would like to share with us? A lot of stories are there from the jungles. So day before yesterday was this uh, International Tigers Day and all I was doing was going on forums and talking about my tiger sighting experiences. Wow. I absolutely love going to jungles. Mm-hmm. um i mean it gives you some sort of uh, peace you know and uh, you can i mean you can go to the same jungle 10 times but it's still going to be new your experience is going to be new and uh, it could be a different sighting the landscape would have changed over season you never know what's going to come on your safari so yeah i've had some really nice sighting one was in bandavgarh i say this to a lot of people so um so morning we set out on a safari in bandagar and uh, uh, we uh, we could actually see tiny pugmas and we knew there was a mother with a cub and the guide was the guide who was with us was very very good he stopped at a thicket and he said the cubs are inside probably we might get to see but he could make out that the mother has left the cubs in the thicket and gone somewhere the pugmas were very clear very early morning um so we decided to wait for some time but i think the cubs were too young the cubs didn't come out so we were disappointed it was almost an hour then in bandogar you have a spot where you they'll stop in the midway to have your chai break as such um i was i was like i don't want chai you just show me the uh, tiger or leopard or kuch to sighting for the moment of bandogar so these two the guide and the driver were having their chai and suddenly they dropped their cup they drop the cup and then they come running to the jeep i'm like kya hua what happened um while to finish and then they start the jeep and they're going uh, at a pretty fast pace 
and he says can't you hear the alarm call i'm not able to hear the alarm call honestly they are so used to the jungle that such a faint alarm call also they are able to hear so we can hear the deer barking and somewhere the commotion is going on so they come at a t junction which they uh, know which they can hear the alarm call and they say let's stop here and from a distance i can see the tiger walking towards us it's it's such a small speck of orange it comes and comes it comes closer and it as it comes closer i can see that it has a kill so she's carrying a fawn she's killed a fawn and she's taking this fawn to her cubs for the cubs to eat and how majestic man so it just brushed past past a jeep okay extremely majestic bright orange golden coat of the tiger shining and it's like two three men put together so huge i was it just look at us in the eyes and then it doesn't bother us at all is like what are these people watching but she just looked at our eyes and uh, kept walking um my heart just stopped at that moment i just couldn't believe i've seen tiger before this but it was all very far sighting but this was like a good 10 minutes she was walking from far towards us towards us towards us and crosses a jeep and jumps into the bush and goes off it was huge very huge amazing magnificent thing i cannot forget it yeah the other even the uh, satpura is very um, very beautiful forest satpura um, you have very limited sighting of tiger so because a predator is less you have lot more other animals so you will get to see huge um, a huge family of wild boars otherwise you will get to see one or two wild boar running but here you will see even the pups of the wild boars running around you will see sloth bear and the cubs i got to see a very nice mother and kid duo of sloth bear and the cub uh, walking around it was also so pretty the cub sits on the back of mom's bum okay they climb on top of the bum and sit Uh, so cutely on top of the mom's bum wonderful sighting it was for one hour they were just playing around the mom was digging they eat insect leaves everything so they were just digging around and playing and we got to see beautiful sighting there very peaceful forest yeah and i can i can hear that through your voice how beautiful it might be <laughs> you are so excited yeah. to tell about that <laughs> yeah i it's been more than 2 years since i went to jungle i'm like so <laughs> waiting for this lockdown to get over and you know we can go between states without giving all this rt pcr reports and all that i'm really waiting for it right right so you talked about bandhavgarh so i want to specifically talk about a place in bandhavgarh which which is called i think uh, charan ganga something like that i so, guess there is yeah yeah so would you like to talk about that what kind of place yeah that's a, that's a very unique thing to bandhavgarh so um i don't i think it's in tala zone of bandavgarh so mm-hmm. you um there is particular so there is bandavgarh fort there is a sita temple on top and there is this um, trimurti idols called sheshaya so uh, only only the naturalist and guide can take you to these places inside bandavgarh and uh, it's in the tala zone so bandavgarh basically Uh, what the mythology says is this is a piece of land that rama gifted to uh, lakshmana which is what pandav uh, means brother and gar means home so there is a mythology associated like this and the sita temple also on the top which you cannot go right now only during festivals local people can uh, go up to the uh, temple 
and even the bandavgarh fort is closed uh, for post this wildlife conservation and so forth but up to sheshaya you can go so it's a very um, um it's a steep climb they will take you through jeep to that sheshaya place and you have to walk like 10 15 steps and you will see this 30 feet vishnu idol in the middle of forest in the lying down position you know uh, like lying on the seshnag uh, that's how he gets a name sheshaya so you will see this 30 feet idol in the middle of jungle it's full jungle around and you can all the moss has also formed around him um you will also see a shivalingam to the left and also a small the brahma is almost gone but the idea i think was to build a trimurti temple over there whether they want to completely build a temple or just a sculptures it's still not uh, known but the other factors is a, a pond um, just before the these three statues and it has water throughout the year okay so it is said that the water originates from the foot of lord vishnu over here and that's how it gets the name charan ganga so charan ganga starts um i don't know what it is called further down madhya pradesh but the river fra- originates from here and further um flows down into mp and um it's 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 absolutely peaceful to be there that's the only place you can get down in the jungle to be honest uh, there have been sightings there as well you know i've seen pictures of leopards sitting there because it's a water hole that never dries up right so animals do come to have water there so i was uh, jokingly asking my guide and driver what do we do if tiger comes and he was like you just run <laughs> there is nothing else that you can do if you are alive you are lucky you are going to be alive <laughs> so it's a very unique thing to see in bandagar and i would say don't miss it in in spite of all the tiger sighting and so forth make some time for sheshaya as well Yeah, even that question came across my mind that what if the tiger or leopard appears? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. happy. I I I actually wanted to see a tiger or leopard there. You know, it is so majestic. And imagine a tiger also adding to that magnificent landscape. It would have been looking um, amazing. But I think I got a little greedy. I didn't get to see. <laughs> Okay okay what other national parks or sanctuaries you have visited any interesting incidents over um, there so yeah central india is my most favorite because since i've been solo traveling uh, madhya pradesh lets you book a solo ticket safari ticket so rest of the other national parks when you book you have to book a jeep which will come to around 5k at the end of the day one safari but here i can share my gypsy with other solo travelers in madhya pradesh so i've done majority of all the parks in madhya pradesh like kanha uh, penj bandavgarh satpura hanna and all that apart from that i've been to thadoba umrit karhadala and kabini being close to uh, bangalore i do visit kabini and kabini is very famous for its black panther um so many people who come here have abandoned tiger and have been chasing the black panther sighting i've been lucky to see the black panther as well um it was a very short sighting it was already evening and getting dark but uh, it just gave a glimpse it was like hi and then it disappeared <laughs> no picture but it just it's a, it's a good memory to have Yeah, but I think Kabini has uh, picked up quite well among uh, wildlife enthusiasts in 
in couple of years like yeah yeah no, so it's like been, it's been uh, quite uh, that way for a while because jungle lodges and resorts run a very uh, disciplined way of uh, wildlife safaris in kabini so mm-hmm. most any any safaris you have to book you book it through uh, jungle lodges and resorts through them or you take a canter that they run and uh, they follow pretty all the rules very pretty uh, strictly they don't you don't see the crowding happening in kabini like how it happens in thadova or ranthambore um thadova kind of gets very crowded amongst if there is one tiger spotting everybody gets to know it's a lot of crowding but kabini and mother mp parks they have the zones jeeps don't cross the zones it's much less peaceful sighting uh, and it's huge it's very huge uh, Uh, mm. area of uh, landscape that you have to cover as well so it's yeah. very nice yeah i mean uh, kabini is named after the river kabini right i mean if i'm right on that yeah so there is so the river actually splits bandag uh, bandipur this side and nagarholi this side so they okay. actually they also call it as nagarholi sanctuary and kabini river the other side of the kabini river is bandipur so when you actually take a boat safari from this nagarholi side you can see the tiny strip of uh, it's just a tiny strip where actually the tiger or the elephant can cross between the two national parks oh. so that's a small gap that happens between kabini and bandipur but kabini is bigger than the bandipur but otherwise uh, animals can easily cross between the two national parks too Okay, okay, and I think that patch of forests are also famous for elephants, like wild elephants. Oh, yes. How are they? I mean, have you experienced with them? Oh, yeah, I had a great experience of wild elephants. Uh, so usually I crib for boat safaris. Okay, I always insist on uh, so jungle lodges. If you take a package, if you take a one night package, one safari you have to compulsorily do a boat, and the another safari they'll give you the jeep. and usually i stay for 2 3 nights and i pester my uh, guides and other people over there to take me on jeep safari because jeep is where you would anticipate more interesting sighting more tiger or leopard or black panther kind of sightings to happen or a hunt to happen yeah. uh, but mandatory you have to take a boat safari so on that day i was on a boat safari it so happened that there were a lot of male elephants congregating at that point and it was an unusual sighting so usually males will be pushed out of the herds when you see a herd of elephants it will be a matriarch who's the oldest female in that herd and she will have other subadults or um, a little younger to her kind of female elephants uh, with her and even if the cub that is the elephant cub is a male after a certain point when the male reaches adolescence they push the male out of the herd but uh, in this particular space i was watching there were two three males together and as and when time was going on there were like six to seven male elephants together which is very unusual males generally live by themselves because they fight out for the territory they want to prove themselves over the other male to get the female attention and so forth but here they were so magnificent they have all these huge tusks and they were couple of them were fighting with each other and there is older elephants coming and calming down these two separating these two elephants and elephants communicate with each other by you know touching the trunks or through the rambling of their stomachs 
so uh, even the guide who was there with me was not sure what was this phenomenon and later on um, i came to know through other naturalists that it's a phenomenon called maljuria where these older male elephants train these sub adults or the adolescent male elephants how to behave and how to um live in the jungle so since adolescents are pushed out of the herd and they should not be just fighting around for territory and so forth so these male elephants train them um how to peacefully communicate how to communicate through the trunk and through the not just fight um it was a great phenomenon to watch i've never seen so many male elephants together amazing sighting i can never forget that Yeah I mean I haven't heard of this um, the male elephant yeah, said yeah exactly even to the left side we had this huge elephant herd sighting already but that's that's again the herd right you can see the cub the female and all that but the males together was uh, very unique yeah you seem to be lucky in that part <laughs> yeah very lucky <laughs> absolutely okay so i think a lot of uh, national parks also do this night safaris or night trek sort of thing so yeah. any encounters on that like did you uh, do any such kind of uh, night safaris um uh, so uh, it's not safari but i did a walk i did a uh, as in they will not take you inside the park no um no safaris are allowed inside the core of the jungle in the night you cannot mm-hmm. disturb the wildlife but you can walk around in the buffer zone so some of the parks in madhya pradesh uh, lets you do that so when i was in penj i had this naturalist uh, staying in the lodge who said uh, we are we will be setting up some of the camera traps around the uh, we have set up couple of camera traps around the resort the resort itself was on the uh, buffer zone and he said we can go for a buffer zone walk collect all the videos and get back so um, i got very excited he said if you want you can come along because it was just me uh, so he didn't have to take a crowd along with him for a buffer walk in the night right so it was just me and he said maybe if you want you can join and i got very excited i've never been in the night into the jungle and i wanted to experience how it is to see the nightlife if there is anything at all so i joined with him for the walk so he just had a stick and he handed a stick to me as like, i do we need the stick and he said if you want any kind of protection this is the only thing that is going to protect you so we both carrying a stick and he had a torch in his hand for some time so once you cross the gates of the resort it's absolute pitch dark that's pretty much how you want to maintain the uh, peace of the jungle right not to disturb the wildlife so it's absolutely uh, dark and uh, just a torch light for some distance and i don't consider it as a serious walk at all up until we come to the skeleton of a deer okay the head of the ske- the head portion of the skeleton of the head of the deer is lying there and then i'm like oh no what have i got into it is getting, it gets serious it's full dark i'm like okay something has eaten and discarded the skeleton and um, we walk further into the thicket and at some point he's like i'll switch off the torch you just enjoy the peace of the jungle so i get so terrified but i was also excited then he switched off the torch as well we are just standing there millions of stars atop and we can just hear the birds hooting and very distant we can hear uh, some noises coming around 
then we go around they have already set camera traps to see whether any leopard or tigers are moving around he collected his at some point we start hearing alarm call okay uh, a distant uh, langur alarm call we are able to hear which means there is a predator somewhere in the area and i panic big time <laughs> and that's the most fastest i have ever walked out of the area and he was also like okay we have to move out now we can't see anything there is a predator movement for sure so we just rushed uh, back to the road in <laughs> extremely heavy fast man it was very thrilling very thrilling <laughs> definitely i mean predator around is going to be very thrilling <laughs> yeah i mean at a distance at a distance you can see the deer that that eyes shine you can see all that but deer you will still be like okay it's a deer it's a herbivore at any point maximize it might charge with the horn you might be fine but if it's a tiger or leopard you might land up to be the prey right so yeah it was fine i just ran out in panic yeah very amazing white life experiences are very very exciting and thrilling yeah it's it's a completely adventurous thing to do i would say Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you know moving on from your wildlife and jungle experiences, what other aspect of travel excites you? No, I like I like two things, okay? One is heritage and other is food. Both of this I keep uh, writing about in my blog yeah. and especially the heritage architecture, it kind of wows me. I will be like, uh, wow, such a huge uh, monument somebody has built. What um what was the thought process behind building this kind of a temple or a monument or a palace and i'm standing at the at this place where great people lived and that kind of excitement i get when i visit these um old 100 year old 1000 year old temples or um even palaces and monuments for that matter so almost every kind of trip that i plan for i ensure something related to either heritage or wildlife stays into my itinerary and uh, it's quite a nice discovery even around bangalore i've done quite a lot of trail on hoysala temple discovery mm-hmm. some of the temples uh, a lot of people head to belur and halibedu very common but there's so many temples around bangalore that you can just drive in one day cover three to four temples and come exquisite architecture it takes years to build these temples uh, very pretty and some of the monuments and palaces hampi and all is very famous in north also you have so many examples like mandu and all is very less known mandu maheshwar and all is very less known gwalior is quite famous but um, i think Mandu Maheshwar also deserves equal uh, respect. Kajuraho, so many beautiful architectures. You can see the difference between these empires, right? Each empire leave behind their legacy through these kind of architectures. Any specific place you want to talk about in terms of history, or maybe architecture? Um, architecture wise uh, i actually liked maheshwar a lot it was also one of the um, unexpected encounter i could say because this was a trip i was finishing in madhya pradesh and uh, my flight was out of indoor and somebody suggested if you are doing up to indoor you can as well do the uh, mandu omkareshwar and uh, maheshwar together these are all close by and from indoor it's just 2 hours 
So that's when I heard of Maheshwar. I had no idea of Maheshwar until then, and this was years back, even before the movies were shot there. Um, okay. Now it's quite popular, right? You could have seen it in Padman and other. There was a recent Netflix flick also on that. Yeah. So Maheshwar, it was a very small town. I was staying in a homestay there, and uh, there is this Ahilyeshwar fort, which is facing the Narmada River. and it was built by uh, devi halya bai holkar and she has great legacy man i had no idea about um, ahilya bai until i reached there in fact the indoor uh, airport is named after her but i was so naive to not know about uh, ahilya devi i have never read about her until i visited that uh, fort the place where she lived i mean we talk about this women empowerment and all that and what these women of those days the courage they had the kingdoms they built the legacy that they have left behind is something that we have to take all lessons from uh, she was very young when she started ruling uh, the malwa dynasty it's actually her father in law who enables her so she is not a princess or anything she is a normal girl her father educates her and this holkar uh, king sees her as a very knowledgeable person and gets her married to her his son at the age of 8 uh, so she gets married that young and when her husband dies instead of you know uh, when sati was a norm at that point of time a father in law says no you are not going to do sati you rather concentrate on stately affairs so she starts um leading army troops she start participating in the king's court and so forth her father in law also dies and then her son becomes a king and her son dies in 8 months time so by the age of her 30 she loses her father in law husband her son everybody and then all the um uh, people under her all the army troop and everyone says that you be the queen you lead us now we don't need a male heir or a male king to lead us you have this a uh, vision to lead us and our region and that's how she starts uh, ruling the malwa region for the next 30 years she starts she's been ruling that region and she's a great shiva devotee okay she has a presence in almost so many temples and dharmashalas even the south rameshwaram to kashi vishwanath to somnath every temple she has something or other contributed it could be a dharmashala it could be one of the shrines it could be restoration of the temples amazing and even the ahilya bai uh, that fort itself is beautiful architecture very beautiful architecture um and you can go boating in the narmada river watch the sunset sitting there it's like they call it a mini varnasi uh, which is very true you can see that ghat a uh, section of landing and the river and boating and all that right so they call it that way there is a kashi vishwanath temple also in maheshwar just next to the fort for her to worship uh, amazing i just love that evening sitting on that banks that fort just gets lit up into like bright red in color when the sunset happens there's normal people going you have to cross the other side using the boat so there's normal people waiting for the boat to come or tourists going around in boats then the aarti of the river happens in the evening there's one other temple in the middle of the river called baneshwar which is supposedly they say center of the earth goes through baneshwar so it is it is so beautiful to uh, visit there wow i loved it 